to episode 12 of Rock Talk for Industrial Components. My name is Bill Martin. And I'm Paul Syke. You know, Paul, I actually have a shout out this time for some one of our uh, audience members out there. Stealing my thunder, Bill. I know. Sorry, man. <laughs> you can do the next one. <laughs> um, so, no, I'd really love to have a, a shout out to uh, Todd Save. He's a principal engineer in, in Rockwell Automation's Low Voltage Motor Control Center group. And uh, he's actually been promoting our, our podcast, Paul. He's actually he's having uh, all of his uh, application engineers in the Low Voltage Motor Control Center group listen to all of our, our podcasts. And in fact, uh, one of them, Haley, came up to me and said she, she loved it. She, she learns a lot from our, from our talk. So what do you think about that? I think that's great. Todd, thanks for the support. And uh, keep listening and send us your ideas. It's awesome. And Todd, we got a we got a we got some swag for you. So so thank you for promoting the uh, the, the podcast series. I'm so it's all about the swag, Bill. It it is. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Um, so Paul, what, what's today's topic? Bill, you're not gonna believe it. It's our I think it's our first acronym topic. It's GPO Total Power Optimization. We're gonna talk about uh, surge in filters. Ah, TPO. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't think we've had an acronym, have we? Nope, this is our first one. And not only that, Bill, but happy anniversary. It's episode 12. We've been at this for a year, so congratulations. We made it through. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, happy anniversary. Yeah, it's been a year. It's been great. (laughs) Mind-boggling. It is. Um, You know, so so today's topic was actually an inspiration from the, um, the manufacturer that makes your vehicle, Paul. Is that right? Yeah. What kind of vehicle do you have? I have the the Jeep Wrangler, and I've got the Harley Davidson Ultra Limited. Yeah, it's the the Jeep guy, and even the the people that that make the tires for your for your Jeep, they were also an inspiration for this topic as well. Very good. Um, so uh, the inspiration came from. Um, you know, it seems uh, recently I, I've been involved with uh, a lot of. Uh, customer discussions where they've had some kind of power quality event occur and it, it's taking out components inside their their panel um, and a lot of times many panel builders will just forget you know to, to think about designing in any kind of potential you know power, power quality measures to prevent um, surges or electrical noise from uh, doing any interference to their to their panel designs um, you know and uh, so so Paul how can I panel builder protect their panels from these kind of power quality events? Bill, that's a great question. And I'm going to defer to our guest and I'd like to introduce Jim Furukawa. Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, uh, Paul and Bill. Um, I am a senior development project engineer. Um, Just celebrated my 18th uh, anniversary with Rockwell. Wow. Congratulations, Jim. Thank you so much. And uh, what I've been doing for Rockwell during this time has been releasing and providing engineering support for a a, a large array of products. Um, I've been a double E for 42 years in manufacturing design, and I've I've touched consumer medical and marine uh, products throughout that career. But here at Rockwell, um, products I'm involved with were a Bulletin 900TC single loop controller, which... Unfortunately, we don't have any more, but uh, also 700 series relays, uh, hockey puck uh, relays, and uh, just pushing relays in general. 700 timers, 
1606 power supplies through a, an array of families, XL, XLE, XLP, XLS, XLX, and DCUPSs. 1607 on-machine power supplies. 1609 B, D, and U, and S, DIN rail, AC UPSs. 1609 P, double conversion UPSs. And the 4983 SPD and filters, which is what our topic is today. Uh, most recently, I've released the 931 signal conditioners, 937 intrinsically safe barriers, 156 all-state contactors. Jim, you've released a lot of products in your 18 years, haven't you? I have. I've touched a lot of products, and it, it's it's been a lot of fun. Well, it's cr great to have you on, and uh, thanks for supporting the show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jim, you have an interesting background because... Um, you know, a lot of these uh, electronic components of you've actually helped us out a lot with to to analyze when customers return them, and we we find out that some external influence uh, caused some some damage to them. And uh, you also helped uh, bring to market our uh, our uh, our search and uh, filter products. So uh, it's kind of a cool background. You get to help analyze issues, and then you've brought to market some solutions to help prevent these issues. It has been a full circle for sure. So it, it, it's good to see the, the entire scope of issues out there. Great. So so speaking of that, um, you know, one of the things I've, I've found, um, especially recently, um, there's been a lot of interesting power quality events occurring to uh, for a lot of manufacturers or, or end users. And um, whether it's an overvoltage or even a little subcycle um, transient or, or surge, um, so, so Jim, can you help define to our audience, you know, what is a surge and, and what kind of damage can it do to components inside a, a panel? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a surge is a very specific condition that's out there, and it, it, it is a transient voltage, but along with that transient voltage is a substantial amount of currents, which is very specific. Uh, you can kind of relate it to some natural events like lightning strikes. You can, you can imagine that if you are your facility gets a lightning strike or a lightning strike even in close proximity that that might create a, a huge amount of problems and and it does um you can kind of visualize the the problems as being those that are just kind of conducted from the the outside building straight into your wiring and then down the path uh, but also keep in mind that even a proximity hit nearby generates a huge electromagnetic field, which then couples into all wires and components that are uh, in the system. And that, that can be extended to not just lightning strikes, but just equipment internal to a facility. They're always generating these uh, fields, which are then, you know, if uncontrolled, can be coupled into wires and propagated down to devices that are well within your, your infrastructure. Yeah, what kind of, um, like, internal... Uh device would, would cause some, some power problems? The biggest ones we see see quite often are, are welders. You go into a facility that has a lot of welders, poor, poor engineering practice in terms of, of how you couple the, the power feed uh, wires for that welder. You know, if you put them in the same uh, pipe as you do uh, data signals, well, they're just going to couple straight across and, and destroy whatever the data is going to. But, but that's really the factor. It's it's once these events occur, you have three 
know, pretty comprehensive um, failure mode. You're either going to outright destroy it, which is very possible, or you're going to degrade it such that it fails prematurely, or in a lesser event, it just interrupts operation. So you, you might run into a situation where a PLC all of a sudden starts resetting itself or is intermittent and nobody quite knows what it is unless they, they just realized that there was a huge lightning storm coming through the area. Hey, Jim, so based on that, what would a panel builder consider when designing a panel to protect against surges? Well, that's really the, 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 the kind of the lesson learned that I've, I've, I've uh, had talking to customers is those that have had experiences uh, related to surge and filter requirements, they build them in right at the beginning. No questions. It, they view it as an insurance policy, and finally seeing the the end results, they're willing to to put that into their panels. So, I mean, that's that's our number one recommendation for all installations: is expect to have to put SPDs. SPD is surge protective devices. Put SPDs in all of your systems, and to put filters in all your systems, so that you make your your components less susceptible to where they're being located, you know, both from a, uh, a global perspective as well as, you know, what care was done in the facility to accommodate it. Yeah, I think we can relate that to our home too. I, I mean, I know for myself, I'm using, um, you know, different, different outlets and stuff for my computer and things. And most of the time, power's fine. And you really don't know it's it's there and it's working. It, it's when you don't have it and you uh, you know you damage something or you blow up your computer that you realize I probably should have had something on there. So makes makes perfect sense. You know, Jim, if um, you had like power power control equipment um, in your facility, let's say like a like a capacitor bank or generation or something, could, could that potentially cause some surges? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean. You know, the one thing that we've known or we've seen quite often is is you can pretty much predict where in the country you're going to need to add SPDs and filters, you know, especially. I mean, areas like Florida with their, their tremendous uh, number of lightning strikes or places like New Jersey, New, New York, where their power grid is just horrid. If you don't protect yourself, you know, as you said, Bill, you know, when they start switching in the huge capacitor banks, um, from the power mains, that's when these uh, transitions occur. So, so again, it's it's not just lightning strikes. It's, it's not just a natural event, but dealing with high power um, with from the power mains as well as high power within your facility, you could be generating significant amount of of surges and transients and and noise. So, Jim, you seem to be the, the expert on this this topic. A lot. Um, so, so what what products does or solutions does Rockwell Automation provide to to help uh, protect the panel against surges? We have a, a pretty comprehensive line of products, and um, it's it's all within the Bulletin forty nine eighty three uh, family. You know, forty nine eighty three seems like an odd odd number, but it was kind of derived off a of UL standard. So fourteen forty nine. Uh is a uh, UL standard specific to uh, transient voltage. 1283 is specific to EM, EMI filtering. So that's where that came from. Yeah, marketing perspective. That was that was kind of a kind huh. of a, a neat way of creating a, a somewhat meaningful uh, bulletin. But huh. I learned some today, Jim. 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, hopefully there's a few more things here because surgeon filter is, a, is one of those things where it's not absolutely essential for a system to have it in order to operate. It's just essential if things like um, high availability or or decrease, you know, warranty costs are are of concern. So that's that's the hard sell for a customer is why should I put it in there when my system's working fine and my my factory floor says well it's an insurance policy. The way you implement the the the, the devices is really in a very very logical specific order. It's referred to as the cascade of protection method. So in other words, you can't take a surge, throw it in front of one device and expect it to, fi to, to um, fix that device without going through this cascaded approach. You, know, you, you start from the outside of your facility, you know, ensuring that it has things like lightning protection, and then you work inside to a class one device, which is our 4983DH. It's our highest energy protection device you know, at the electrical enclosure. And then you step down to a 4983DS, which is our class two device used to protect individual items like power supplies, PLCs, HMIs, you know, things that are, are somewhat sensitive. And even further from that, you have 4983DD devices, which is a, a DC device meant for, for signal protection, you know, RS232, you know, um, 422, 485, you know, 420mm current loops, Profibus, things like that. So you really want to have kind of a distributed approach, huh? Kind of use the DHs at the front end. Then the... Right. You, you have to because all you're trying to do is, is reduce the, the energy issues um, from the outside of your building in, but, but even internal to your building, the, the DSs, Will protect your HMIs from you know that arc welder I was telling you about, or or some um, device that's switching high current to contactors. They're 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 notorious for for the the amount of of noise that that's being generated. You know, and physically, how big are these things, and, and where do you you know are they easy to mount into a panel or nearby a panel? Yeah, these are all relatively small devices. Um, the forty nine eighty three DH. Uh, which, is, which would go into your main distribution panel is a DIN rail device, DIN rail mounted device. So you just clip it on a DIN rail um, and it, it goes uh, directly across the, the mains, the mains uh, voltage or the wires as they come in. You know, 4983 is also a DIN rail device. It, it'll go right in front of a um, HMI PLC power supply you know, really not very large. Uh, I think they're like 30 millimeters across. So you can put quite a few in. And the DDs are even tinier. They're more like 12 millimeters. And, and again, it's a DIN rail device. So size is, yeah, size is usually not a, a, a huge limitation. It's, it's just the willingness to, to add the parts. So you basically hook up uh, each phase to a pole then on, exactly. on these devices? Yeah, these are these are uh, shunt mounted devices. So you're you're basically going across. Like if you were to look at a three phase input, it'd be L1, L2, L3, mm -hmm. and all tied to protective earth. That is because what it's trying to do is is monitor the transient and then provide a super low current path to protective earth to to, to dissipate it. 
it's kind of a bypass switch. It, it is. It is. Um, it, it it is a device that gives up itself in order to protect. So you have to monitor, and they and they all have a a output uh, signal that tells you when they are um, are still good and when they're all destroyed. So. Uh, it'll tell you when its protection is over, but you know, obviously it depends on magnitude of the strike, how often the strike occurs, um, and just duration. So it's kind of like a fuse for surges, um, but just for yeah. protection, kind of sort of. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm saying it, it's it's one of those items that if you had it on a system or you didn't have it on a system, you really wouldn't know it unless you went you experience one of these uh, abnormal conditions. And then if a condition did occur or uh, an event, and let's say it did kind of blow the device, is it easy to swap out or is it something replaceable? Yeah. Well, the larger devices like the DH, um, I mean, they're all DIN rail mounted, so it's, it's not difficult to take them out. But, you know, in that case, you would have to remove the wires on the input and output. But the DS, which is really what, you'll see the majority of the problems are because they're right there at the HL or the, the, the PLC HMI power supply. Those have removable cartridges. So once you detect a, a problem, you just go over there and you pop them out and put a brand new cartridge in, and you're, you're back, back to working. Ah, huh, that seems pretty simple, huh? Mm-hmm. Hey Jim, I'm going to switch topics on us right now. And uh, let's, we, it seems like we covered surge pretty well. You talked about the the what the causes are, what the potential damage are, and how customers can solve those problems. Let's talk about electrical noise and how can that damage a panel. Sure, electrical noise is 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 really a very g- generic term that we use for for all voltage and current anomalies. So, you know, in the broadest sense, electrical noise could include surges, but the more typical um, application is is just anything that creates irregularities in your voltage and current. I mean, for the most part, what you'll see are high frequency noises riding on power lines, um, some voltage stri- voltage spikes, but you know not to the magnitude that you would on a lightning strike. But just generally, any time you're dealing with a device that has any type of current or voltage switching motors, contactors, solid-state switches, you know, just even internal to a power supply, you have the the, the MOSFETs doing all the uh, high-speed switching. You know, that noise is is really what we're, we're talking about, I think, more than anything. And I guess as far as just the, the damage, um, same thing. It can be as dramatic as destroying a product or degrading it or just an interruption. So huh. same, same. Gotcha. So, what should a panel builder consider when they're when they're designing their panel to help um, mitigate electrical noise issues? You know, very similar approach to the SPDs. Um, you would go through our family of uh, forty nine eighty three filter devices. You know, the PF is one that's extremely broad banded, uh, has great attenuation, would work out excellent. Um, we do have another one. It's a forty nine eighty three dash DC, which turned out to be kind of a marketing uh, issue because most people looked at it and said, oh, that's for the DC side of the system. Well, it really isn't. It, D is for DIN rail mount and C is for combined. 
So not necessarily the best choice for for marketing. <laughs> but we'll that product manager. Yeah, we learned we learned that after the fact. But I mean, yeah. the the beauty of that is that it's combined. It has the 4983DS surge protection, but it also has the filtering capabilities of a PF. And, and it's didn't real mount, and it actually looks like one of our 1606 power supplies. That's what it was modeled after. Ah, so what kind of um, would these be just placed in a panel, or would they be placed in front of like a PLC? Same thing as the uh, the SPDs is they would be placed in front of whatever device you're trying to protect. So uh -huh. it would provide the filtering, it would provide the uh, surge protection all in one package. So the DC does both then. So surge the DC and... does both. Yeah, the C being a combined unit. Oh, cool. What kind of what kind of tools do we have, Jim? So if if I'm a customer, I'm a panel builder, and I'm looking. Okay, I I heard you guys talk about this stuff. Yes, I know lightning happens. Yes, I know there's transients in the plant. I wanna I wanna protect my panel, or I wanna protect my machine or my line. What? How do I figure out what what I need to do and and how I should uh, implement that? Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. I mean, the 4983 line is, is fully integrated into Proposal Works. Uh, we've done significant amount of training on it. So, I mean, I would, I would certainly leverage a local Allen Bradley distributor or salespeople. And um, I released a uh, white paper at the very beginning, uh, Surge and Filter Protection Devices. You'll be able to find that on uh, www.ab.com. That should that should get you a good uh, good start on on what you'll need to do. So I downloaded your white paper, Jim. Um, actually, it was great. You could see uh, you had a nice graphic to kind of show uh, where uh, where in the plant you kind of place all these different uh, surgeon filter products. It was a great description too of what each of these events are. Exactly, Jim. It sounds like we covered everything, but is, is there anything we missed that that people should be aware of when it comes to surges and filters? Yeah, you know, this is one of those topics where you either pay now or later. You know, my opinion is better to design in protection by using SPDs and filters than to have to deal with the problems in the near future. You know, I've had that discussion many times with customers that I've met at Automation Fair. And there, there are two types. Either they don't believe they need it or have already learned the hard way and will never design a new system without them. So it's, it's, it's a hard sell unless you've experienced some issues with it. That totally makes sense. Like paying for insurance and never needing it, you, you, it's, it's hard to get let go of it. So Exactly. So, Paul, do you think you know how to protect your panel now against surges or electrical noise? I have two methods because I, I learned all of this information today, which is phenomenal, and, and I definitely learned some stuff. And now we have the best kept secret within the best kept secret because we have the 4983 DC, which doesn't mean that hidden into our proposal works, which is the best kept secret. So we're, we're stacking them up now. Um, but, you know, I'm probably going to take the shortcut and call Jim if I need some help. <laughs> I learned something today, too. The, the 4983, I, I was always curious where that bulletin number came from. So now now I know. So, so thank you, Jim, for the explanation. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, Jim. Hey, obviously you've got you've got a ton of experience in this area. You got a wealth of knowledge. You brought pretty much uh, all the information that uh, we could possibly talk about here, other than having pictures of different destroyed elements. But thanks for being on the show. Um, 
thanks for bringing your expertise and we really appreciate it my pleasure so so paul what's going to be our our next topic bill it's going to be ups on the ups so we're going to talk about redundance of power power supplies or universal power supplies and and that's what we're going to be on sounds great cool well well thank you jim appreciate your your knowledge and thanks for writing that white paper and giving us a nice history lesson and, and electrical lessons today my pleasure thanks for the opportunity all right we're getting ready to finish up the 12th episode uh first year in the in the book so yeah. thanks for listening find us on spotify anchor google podcast breaker pocket cast and apple podcast uh as always send us a message send us an email and let us know what you want to hear the last two episodes have been uh completely generated from our audience uh, we're getting the suggestions in and we're trying to bring them to you uh at your request so we'll see you next time all right well thanks jim thanks paul <laughs>